Alrighty, what is going on? Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for letting me be a part of your day. Pete Callender here. News Talk 1110-993-WBT, 704-570-1110, and 1-800-WBT-1110 are the phone numbers if you'd like to join the program. Uh, you can also email Pete at thepetecallendershow.com, and that is Callender with a K. Also, hit me up on Twitter at Pete Callender, and of course, uh, get the podcast. It's free. You get three episodes every single day delivered right to your smartphone or tablet. So when you're traveling on vacation, right, you're out of town, you'll still be able to get the informative and entertaining content you've come to expect. Um, so I got to say, a true July 4th inspiration, a legend just developed yesterday, truly an amazing tale, on crutches, defending a title, Swallowing 63 hot dogs and taking out a protester during the competition. I'm talking about Joey Chestnut. Joey Chestnut, the competitive eating greatest of all time champion. Only Joey Chestnut could have demolished 63 dogs with the bun and take down a protester at the same time. As Greg Price called him, the greatest athlete who has ever lived. Joey Chestnut chomped his way, this is according to the New York Post, chomped his way to the top of Nathan's hot dog eating contest yesterday. He won a record-setting 15th victory at the annual 4th of July competition, even while putting an interloper into a chokehold mid-event. I'm not even, okay, well, so they were out there protesting like meat. Of course they were, right? Uh, Smithfield, uh, the Chinese-owned uh, uh, company that, like, apparently, like, owns all of the pork uh, producers now in the world or something. And so, uh, look, I'm not a fan of the Smithfield uh, operations. I'm just here to give credit and praise to Joey Chestnut, who, while while defending the title, mid-round, he's sitting there cramming hot dogs. I mean, they do soak them with water. Have you ever seen that? It's kind of nasty. But he's soaking all of the buns with the water, and he's he's pushing them into his face hole, and uh, and some and these kids get up onto the stage, muscle their way. I mean, as much as they can, they're very very scrawny. They have very thin arms, uh, so they kind of just jostle their way to the front. One of them is wearing a uh, you know those little plastic Halloween masks of Darth Vader. Uh, somebody else had one of the stormtrooper masks, and this kid. Uh, gets his, gets up there, jostles his way to the front, and uh, bumps up into Joey Chestnut, who takes a brief moment from stuffing the hot dogs into his face hole uh, and takes down the protester and then immediately resumes eating and wins. Uh, the number, 63 hot dogs, eviscerated the closest competitor. Jeffrey Esper, by 20 dogs. That was the runner-up. 20 dogs behind Joey Chestnut. His dominant performance came despite a brief interruption by an animal rights protester who rushed him at one point as he was gobbling down dogs. The bizarre disturbance only lasted a few seconds before the eating champ grabbed and body-slammed the man out of the way. The greatest of all time had shocked the competitive eating world Friday 
when he showed up to his official weigh-in, which is, really, there's a weigh-in for this thing? Why, why would there be a weigh-in? Do you do a weigh-in afterwards? Like, I would be interested to see that. Hey, you weighed, you know, 210 when you walked in, and uh, after stuffing 63 hot dogs into your face, uh, then uh, now, now you, you weigh like 272. Uh, I just, I would be curious. So he shows up at his weigh-in on crutches. Apparently a tendon injury required him to compete Monday in a medical boot. Dudes on crutches wearing a medical boot, eating 63 hot dogs in like, was it, 10 minutes? 63, that's six. Wait, hang on a second. Let me do the math. 63. That's six hot dogs in a minute. That's one every 10 seconds. And these are Nathans, so they're, they're longer, you know? They're the footlongs. Oh, my gosh. I'm just feeling sick thinking about it. I mean, not the takedown. That was awesome. It, it, the video is out there. You can find the video. And see, if you follow me on Twitter, you would have seen it because I immediately sent it out. It was fantastic. He is, by the way, ranked number one in the world of competitive eaters by Major League Eating, which exists. Yeah, Major League Eating, or the MLE, as it's known. Uh, The former California resident has won all but one Nathan's contests since 2006. Um, Mickey Sudo, she won the women's hot dog contest earlier in the day. She is an eight-time champion. See, there are a lot of people... I think over the weekend, I saw a lot of them posting their nihilism. Um, A lot of people didn't, they didn't really feel like celebrating America. But that story right there, can we not all unite around that story? I mean, even if you're an animal rights protester person, you got to give credit to the guy who, yes, he's eating these animals that you're trying to save. But let's be clear, like those animals are already dead. Right. So he's eating all of these things and you may not like him for that, but you got to respect the game. Kind of like how we all came around on Tom Brady. I was not I was not a Tom Brady fan, but after the guy retires or no, he gets fired, leaves uh, New England. He goes to Tampa Bay, wins a Super Bowl for them, and then he retires and he comes back in. He's still playing. He's like 72. You got to give the guy credit. That's where I'm at with Joey Chestnut. You should be there with Joey Chestnut. If you're an animal rights person, you should be there too. You got you to tip the hat. Sometimes, you know, it's like you can, you, you can set up all the security around your, your house and do all of this stuff. But at some point, if somebody is like truly, truly interested in robbing you and burglarizing you and they defeat all of your systems, at some point you guys say, hey, that, I mean, tip of the hat. You guys knew what you were doing. You were experienced. You were pros. That's Joey Chestnut. That's America, I think. That's a reason to celebrate, I think. Now, a lot of people are not too, uh, not feeling too great about America. How do we see our country? How do we see our democracy? Well, that's the question the Pew Research folks put out and reported back. Roughly a quarter of Americans say that there are other countries that are better than the U.S., 23%. The real concern here is in the age breakdowns.
News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Roughly a quarter of Americans said there are other countries that are better than the United States. 23%. Now, differences exist by age and party, according to Pew Research. Those ages, 65 and older, were the most likely to say that the U.S. stands above all other countries. 38%. Do you follow that? I know there are numbers. Numbers on radio is always difficult to follow. But if you're people who are older than 65, 38% of people over the age of 65 said that America stands above all other countries in the world. So those were the three options. I guess I should say that too. Three options was that America stands above all other countries or the U.S. is uh, one of the greatest countries along with others. And the third option, other countries are better than the U.S. Those were the three options. Which of those statements best describes your opinion about the United States? That it stands above all others, it's one of a bunch of great countries, or other countries are better than us. And if you were older, 65 or older, you are more likely to say America's tops. We are awesome. While adults aged 18 to 29 were the least likely to say this. Only 10%. 10%. This might come as a shock, too. Not a lot of Democrats on board with the whole America is awesome. <laughs> Just Especially the younger ones. Oh, yikes. Yeah. It's almost... See, Democrats ages 18 to 29, they were especially likely to say that other countries are better than the U.S., with 55% expressing this view. Think about that. 55%, more than half of Democrats ages 18 to 29 say other countries are better than America. It's almost as if there's been some sort of an effort to teach younger people that America sucks. No, that couldn't possibly be the case. Republicans. These are just Republicans, all right? 19% of Republicans in that age group, that youngest age group, 18 to 29, 19% say U.S. stands above all others. 62% says, yeah, we're good like everybody else. But even among Republicans, 18% say other countries are better than the U.S., You look at the Democrat side, only 5% of the young crowd think America stands above all other countries in the world. Now, look, I am not a love it or leave it kind of a guy. I've never really adhered to that. I've never, I shouldn't say adhered to it because, I mean, honestly, conservatism does actually, now that I'm thinking about it, it does actually kind of lead you to that path, which is why a lot of conservatives move out of blue cities. They leave. They don't want to deal with it. It's not what they want. And so they, you know, they leave you to your own uh, governance and see you later. I'm going to go to the surrounding county or something. And meanwhile, you know, Democrats move into the area. But what's interesting is, I mean, there was it after there was a weekend shooting in Philadelphia and the mayor of Philadelphia said, basically, everything stinks in his city. He can't wait till he's not mayor anymore. He literally said that. 
He said he doesn't enjoy any of the big events, any of the special events, because he knows something bad is going to happen. And when it happens, he's going to feel bad about it. And so he's just looking forward to the day where he's not mayor anymore. Dude, you you guys have been in charge of that city for, what, 50, 60 years now? I just have to wonder, if you are unhappy with where you are living, why are you staying? Why do you stay? If you think that there are other countries that are better than America, why wouldn't you want to be happy? I know. Look, I, re- I recognize some people are not happy unless they're miserable. It's true. It is true. I know people like this. And once I identified it and adopted it as one of my, uh, you know, one of my core hot takes, it really does explain a lot. When you start realizing there are people that all they are, I mean, drama junkie is another kind of term for it, although that's not just necessarily, you know, being miserable. Um, But some people just are not happy unless they're complaining. It's the only thing that kind of motivates them, although I don't think they're really happy. It's just how it's the only way that they can um, that they can communicate. It just becomes a very pessimistic worldview. And Limbaugh used to say, right, that it is. It is sort of the natural state to not be optimistic. It's something you got to work at. But once you work at it, it becomes easier. It becomes way easier to be an optimist and to be a, a happier person. If you're grateful for things, you're happy. Generally speaking, if you are grateful for what you have and the people in your life, if you can express gratitude, you will be happy. And I suspect that's part of the problem here as illustrated in this poll. What do you think? Just think, just think about it. Could any other nation on the face of the planet have produced Joey Chestnut? No. That guy, that name, his skill set, his ability to eat 63 hot dogs while taking out a protester during the competition, only America could have produced that man. Prove me wrong. All right, I'm going over this Pew Research survey that looked at how Americans see their country and their democracy. And I'm going to go into this whole democracy thing, too, in a bit. We're going to do a bit of a deep dive on the democracy talking point. But basically, younger people, 18 to 29, particularly uh, people who are Democrats or lean Democrats, uh, they say other countries are better than the U.S. Only 5% of Democrat and Democrat-leaning 18- to 29-year-olds say that America stands alone above other countries in the world. Now, and, and look, you have the middle-of-the-road answer there, too, which is, you know, we're one of the greatest countries, along with others. Yeah, okay. I don't know, like, what others? I would ask, like, my follow-up would be, like, such as, what are some of these other great countries that we are on a par with? Please tell me. So what do you think? Why is this the case? Why are these young people thinking that America is worse than other places? And again, I'm not a love it or leave it kind of a guy, but 
if it's about your happiness, and I have told people this for years when they call in and they yell at me and I make them obviously so angry, which is weird because you know me, I'm a nice guy, right? I'm, I, I'm funny, I'm informative, I'm humble, like all of these things. And, uh, and they call and they just yell at me and we hate you and all this. All right, look, you need to change the station. I am obviously not a good uh, effect or influence on your mental health. And if that's the case, you should be happy. I want you to be happy because I'm a giver. And because I'm all about solutions, the solution here is to turn the station and don't listen to me. I don't want to be responsible for that kind of mental anguish that somebody is suffering. So take my advice and then never think of me again. Joe, welcome to the show. How are you, Joe? Hey, how you doing, man? Good morning to you. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Yeah, to you too. Yeah, I I, I take that survey to be a sports head type of lighthearted survey. The only thing that sounds a bit fair and reasonable, uh, if there's such thing as fair, is that one that you crafted as middle of the road. Because no matter what your age group is, the questions are all relative. We have certain systems in this country that, based on your ability and nimbleness to navigate those systems, healthcare, justice, so on, so education, so on and so forth, that will determine your view, your view, excuse me, your view of the country. So, uh, all right. So, what, what you what you said is essentially that uh, all truth is relative when it comes to this kind of stuff. No, 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 no. I, I didn't say all truth is relative. I'm speaking on this point. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not layering a generality here. I'm speaking of this specific survey with these specific questions, mm-hmm. and I'm saying based on your generation, based on your nimbleness, knowledge, and ability to navigate the systems of this country, the United States of America, that will determine your view on what you select in that survey. So how is it then that in every category I'm looking at here, the 65 and older crowd, whether it is the population at large, whether it's Republican, whether it's Democrat, it doesn't matter, there is overwhelming support for the idea that either... America is above all others, or we are one of the great countries. But when you start looking at the younger populations, there is this massive shift that occurs in the young people where they don't think America is as good as other countries. So what explains the difference between the older people and the younger people? Historical perspective. You are dealing with the older people that were a part of one of the greatest generations this country's ever seen. Mm-hmm. The World War One, the World War Two so on and so forth. However, it wasn't great for all still, you know, but that's, well, another, sure. that's another debate. Sure. However, so they are the ride or die. Yes, I do. I do see this injustice over here, but this is still the greatest country in the world. They're able to, to settle that into their mind. Mm-hmm. So they're able to see, you know, they're, they're able to be double-minded. Well, but well, why does that make it double-minded? Why can't that be... Why can't that be an acceptance that uh, that no country is perfect, no people are perfect, but that still, well, but we would still be the better than, but we would still be better than others because of the systems that we have in place. Well, uh, if we t- if we if we begin to drill down in the systems, uh, let, let's don't take healthcare, but let's take education. Uh, the Netherlands, 
uh, other uh, Sweden? Uh, how do our students, ninth uh, grade to twelfth grade, how do they measure up with other ninth and twelfth graders? 12th grade high school not well in those countries based on science yeah. math uh, and uh just based on science and math right not well taking those two so so see when you when you begin to say oh we're the greatest country yeah greatest country based on what well I mean, what, what would you base that was sorry so but that is a, as you mentioned earlier this would be a relative question in your own mind so what would what would you base that on if so if i ask you this question that the u.s stands above all countries or is one of the great countries along with others or others are better, what would you say? Oh, I would say wholeheartedly that we are one of the great countries, and I'll tell you why. Because we went through one of the greatest travesties this country's ever seen in having the separation of citizens of this country separate and go into a war, emancipate a group of people, and they gave us almost 8 to 12 years of being emancipated and building the era of reconstruction in this country, which stands above all as an example of the American dream. We built Black Wall Street all right. over so the, the Southeast. I, no, I got you. So, the, uh, so that would be the defining moment, and that puts us in the camp of other great countries. What made us, what made us equal? Because remember, at the signing of the Declaration of Independence, it wasn't equal for all. True. But only until we were emancipated. Now everybody stood on even ground. Well, not women. Uh, oh, excuse me? Not women. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, that, 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 once again, even today, that stands as a stickler in our history. You're, you're right about that. Right. So, at that, so that's why, I, so like, for, so I guess this is to your relativist point. Like, for you, that was the, the, the Civil War and Reconstruction, that was the key point. But for women, they didn't get those full liberties. Right. And then, of course, then there was the winding back of a lot of the liberties and you had government uh, sanctioned segregation, government imposed discrimination and racism and, and, and that sort of thing. So I guess well, the, that that's uh, what puts us well, in the camp with other great countries. The, 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 the clear, to clear you up, I'm not saying anything about the Civil War. Civil War is what, what it was. I'm talking well, you mentioned the Civil War. Oh, yeah, I mentioned it, but I mentioned Reconstruction, too. And that's the great example of the American dream. To have those form to have those former enslaved emancipated, mm-hmm. and you go into areas where you build communities, towns, cities, and you build greatness with your bare hands when you receive pretty much nothing. All right, so and so it sounds uh-huh. like it sounds like what you're admiring there is the entrepreneurial spirit that was unleashed. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. See, so I agree with you on that, Joe. This is what I think makes America different: is that the entrepreneurial spirit is greater here. And I don't know why that is. I, th- I I tend to believe it's because man's natural state is to be free. I, I really do believe that, that men want to be free. People want to be free. And if you unleash that potential, then you advance all systems because more people involved are going to have more ideas and better ideas will then kind of come to the surface. And so, and that's, that, yeah, so that's, that's what makes America different. It's founded on that idea. That's what exactly. makes us different. Exactly. And to take a tone of irony with what you've just said, if that stands true today, we would still have Reconstruction moving about our country. What, uh, but we know what happened to it. What do you mean we would still have Reconstruction moving about our country? I don't know what I found. Reconstruction wouldn't have been destroyed. 
the Black Wall Street in Wilmington, North Carolina, mm-hmm. wouldn't have been burned and destroyed. People killed and run off their land. Mm-hmm. Other areas of Black Wall Street. No, oh, yeah. Hey, look. Hey, you so, will not. You will get no argument from me, Joe, about uh, de- racist Democrats trying to uh, take back control over people. I, I have no well, disagreement with well, you on that. When you see somebody killing you, hanging you, and burning down, mm-hmm. stuff, we don't we don't ask for your registration. No, but they. Oh, vote. but but Joe, you know the history there, right? They the reason why they burned Wilmington and murdered all those people, Republicans, fusionists. The reason they did that, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. I know the history. Because they were right. Because they won the election. Republicans. Right. Republicans had won. Right. And they were registering black people to vote. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. 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 Uh, All uh, right. Play it for a break. I enjoy the conversation. I appreciate the call. Uh, hope to talk to you again. We've got Connie and Pierre. Anyway, we'll get to you guys up next. All right. Is America among the greatest countries in the world? The greatest country in the world? Or are other countries better than America? Going over this Pew Research survey that was put out, and it's almost as if there's some sort of, I don't know, effort to teach younger people that America is not great. Let me go over here to Connie. Welcome to the program. Hello, Connie. Hi. Hey, how are you? Hey, I'm good. Listen, I love your show. What I wanted to say is this. Um, the, The people that respond that they think that other countries are better. I would be curious about which countries those are and if they can name the things that are better. Mm -hmm. I seriously doubt it. And um, I'm a veteran. I retired. You know, I've been around a long time and I've traveled to a lot of places and there is no place like this country. I love this country. I do, yeah, I do wonder if there is something in mind, for example, with Joe, the previous caller, and he said, you know, what what makes us uh, part of the group of great countries is Reconstruction. So something that hope, that happened 100, you know, 50 years ago, that that's the thing that made us part of this group of good countries, uh, greatest countries, but I guess nothing since. In which case, then you got to ask, well, you know why are you, why are you sticking around? If there are these other places that exist, why wouldn't you want to go live there? Yeah, yeah. Well, so much, so many times people want to complain about how bad we are, but you know, I'd like to say, well, okay. Well, what country do you think is better? And tell me what's better about it. Yeah. And I'm betting that they might not be able to name too many things that are better. Yeah. Uh, Connie, thank you. I appreciate the call. Thank you for your service. Welcome home. Hey. All right. Take care. Thanks a lot. Take care. All right. Let me jump over here to Pierre. Hello, Pierre. Welcome to the show. How are you? Good and you, Mr. Pete. And um, I've got a question to these uh, communist kids uh, between the ages of 19 and 29 that says America is not uh, one of the best countries. Uh, I've got two questions. Number one, is CNN your only source of information? And then number two, have you ever lived in a different country? Uh, so I'm going to take a guess. You have. As you can, yeah. I'm not <laughs> from the United States. And uh, I've had the privilege to live not only in my own home country, which is South Africa, but I have lived in multiple countries. And... There are so many people coming to this country because of the opportunities that this country presents. 
And what you can achieve in this country within five years, it's going to take me as an individual between 15 and 20 years to achieve in my own country um, just because of a lot of uh, bureaucracy and stuff that is red tape that's in place. Hmm. So are you an entrepreneur here? Yes, sir. I've got my own business. And, I mean, I can't, I can't do that in South Africa um, because uh, for those listeners that don't know, in South Africa, uh, the white people are in the minority. Mm-hmm. And when we want to create a business, uh, they've got something called triple BEE, which is broad-based black economic empowerment, where the government basically forces your hand to employ um, a certain amount of black people. And we are outnumbered 150, 200 to 1. And as a white male in South Africa, I can't provide to my family. And in America, they don't have that here, um, even though Sleepy Joe is pushing for that. But uh, over here, we can create a job, and they don't care the skin, the, the color of your skin. You can, you can succeed in this country. So, and this is why I said I think this is the spirit of America, this entrepreneurial spirit, uh, spirit that that's what separates us, because it is something that I think is at the core of what a lot of people, uh, not all people, there are some people that do not have the entrepreneurial spirit. I get that. And I didn't even really appreciate being an entrepreneur until I did it myself. I don't think anything can really prepare you to uh, and to to give you that insight into the mind of an entrepreneur until you do it yourself. But it's like I described it as sort of a, a switch that flipped for me. And every single day then I wake up and there's this purpose. There is this thing that drives you every single day. And uh, not everybody has that. But for those who yep. do have it, this is where they want to be. But even though you don't need to uh, be an entrepreneur, you can go and work at a, any fast food restaurant. And though you're not going to live a lavish life, at least you can still afford a, a bedroom, uh, you know, a small uh, uh, apartment. You can maybe get a, a small uh, secondhand vehicle. In South Africa, it's not about it. Let's take uh, one of these big restaurant chains um, with the big M. Um, in South Africa, if you are a fast food server, you will not be able to afford an apartment. Um, you won't even be able to afford your monthly groceries. And that is what people do not understand. In this country, you can create something out of nothing, even if you go and start at the bottom at a fast food restaurant. Yeah, well, that, that was always the, uh, the promise was if you work hard and play by the rules, you'll get ahead. You will succeed. And that's the, and it, that it has been referred to as the Protestant ethic. Um, but that has been sort of the, the, the foundation of the American dream. And um, I, uh, I don't know if we are teaching that as well as we should. It's not because I want to break this country and teach the kids to hate this country. And that needs to stop. Yeah. And that's, that's where we're gonna, we need to, to, to as parents. Uh, we need to uh, uh, get in and we need to, to, to start changing this country and start changing the kids. Um, otherwise, there's a very bleak future lying ahead. Um, but we've got hope and uh, America is the greatest country on the face of the planet. Pierre, thanks for your call. I appreciate it, sir. Take care. All right. Take care. Um, got a message here from Gigi who says, Pete, what was your entrepreneurial venture? My podcast. Self, it was self-sustaining and made me money. It was a living. I was making a living doing it before I landed back in Charlotte. So, uh, and I did it for almost two years. Still, and I still operate it. Still runs today. So, 
Uh, yeah, and it's just a different mindset that kind of kicks in. All right, I'll get to more of your calls after the news. Stick around. 